Hello, and welcome to this week's look at action and stunts on film and television. That glorious piece of music you can hear in the background is Mike Oldfield's Tubular Bells, one of the greatest pieces of music ever recorded. On the Virgin label, released 50 years ago in 1973, and was the accompaniment for this movie, The Exorcist. Now, yes, all right, it's tied in a bit with the time of year, and uh, Halloween is only around the corner. But exorcism uh, in the mainstream cinema is somewhat small. And The Exorcist kind of cornered the market back in 1973, and rightly so. And there have been endless movies. In fact, there's another Exorcist movie out this year, I think, um, with some of the original members of the cast. I, I, I'm not a follow-up as such, because there was there was The Heretic, of course, wasn't there? Um, and Exorcist 3. But this one is using lots of the original cast for the first time, and it's a, an extra adaptation of that. Now, for me... This is as good as it gets. It doesn't need to be any better. And also, from an action perspective, you have one of the great stunts in cinema. It's not talked about very often because it's a stairfall. But it is performed by a real stuntman, Chuck Waters, and um, he is doubling uh, Doctor uh, Father Karras, who has... Um, allowed or has urged the entity, the devil, to come out of young Regan, the daughter, of course, Linda Blair, and come into him. He shouts, take me, take me, and eventually it does. And there's a split second, just a moment, where the... The father is 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 reaching out to kill Regan as the devil, and then there's a there's a moment where he manages to break through and shouts no and dives out through the bedroom window. This is where the action starts. Filmed on location in Georgetown, Washington, D.C., and it is a real location visited on a number of occasions every year by millions of people, I dare say, if you are film fans, if you're William Friedkin fans, if you're horror fans, or whatever it is. And by stunt fans, of course, if uh, you want to check that staircase out, you may do so. There are a couple of things which need to be pointed out as well. Um, 1973... The stunt business, of course, had been going for many, many years and, and developing new ways of being able to do the same gags that had been done before and you're just adapting them slightly. You're changing this, you're changing that. More importantly, the costume. Let's look at the costume for a moment. It is a cassock. It is a priest's cassock. Um... If you don't know what that is, it is a, uh, a black cloth item, often buttoned up the front, uh, very much like, how could I describe it, the length of a, uh, a dressing gown, for instance, 
but it is um, often made out of a, a cotton and then there are buttons running up the inside of it. It is a very thin material. So you take that into consideration and you realize that it is filmed at night and there are a number of things that Chuck Waters must do in order for him to um, get from the top to the bottom. He is going to make contact with every step on the way down, more or less. Um, and there are safety issues taken into consideration. So underneath the cassock, yeah, he can wear uh, pads on his knees, on his shins, right? So he's wearing trousers. Under that, he will wear shin pads. He might have a knee pad. But this is 1973, so you wouldn't really have got much more than that. And these are going to be items that are used in sport. They're, they're um, American football knee pads, shin pads. You probably couldn't get away with wearing a bulky item, like, again, like they were using in American football. And this is before the days of plastic, you know, those plastic backs that you would now wear. Gator backs, I think they're called. So you would have, this is long before that. So because of that, he is then going to have to wear under his cassock, um, maybe a couple of jumpers, sweatshirts, and in between each layer, maybe on his shoulders, on his elbows, he's going to have cardboard, he's going to have um, styrofoam, maybe. Just something. It's going to be filmed at night. He's wearing black you know, there's not a great deal of lighting down that staircase. So you are going to be able to get away with a bit. But nowadays, if you compare the stuntmen these days that would perform the stunts, the equipment that they have um, is much, much improved. And of course, th these are the very early days of technical development. This is a tale of the supernatural. The Tapes, a podcast of the uncanny. Do you believe in ghosts? Join me, host Christopher Goldie, and guests as we discuss the best in unsettling television and film. Who is this? Who is coming? Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for at the Tapes Pod, part of the Pod Dojo Network. So he's going to be wearing a couple of layers. He's going to have foam padding probably a, a big piece of foam if they can cut one out and put it on his back uh, maybe put it inside his jumper or, or gaffer tape it to his body so he's going to need padding there elbows, knees um, maybe even a little lower down a little part of a neck brace possibly but also he is wearing a piece of equipment provided by special effects because at the very bottom of this staircase he has to lie in a contorted position you know limbs in all sorts of different positions and he will start to bleed because around his neck is blood squibs around his neck there might be blood packs and will be activated when he hits the ground or when he triggers it i don't know how it worked particularly it could even be done remote but it's a very very complicated job to do back then originally coming out through the window is 15 18 20 feet right so you've got to crash out through there and land on 
the landing below. Now that, he puts down a layer of boxes. He is coordinating this himself. He puts down a layer of boxes. And he has to do that on three occasions. They've done three cuts. They've replaced the window on three separate occasions for him to come out and land there. That's the first one. Then he has to try and work the shot down the first set, which is 25 steps. And again, wearing the padding. But also he has to take into consideration the air time, the hang time between leaving the window upstairs and arriving on the steps below. So there is a moment of lag there which you can't just cut and then fall down the flight of stairs with. So what he decided to do, and this is Chuck Waters, this is him thinking outside of him as a performer. What he's thinking about is from an editing perspective. He is thinking, how am I going to make this shot look better from a director's perspective and most importantly from an editor's perspective and then the audience? I've got to be in the air a touch longer, allowing whatever they want to do. And eventually what they did was was a, um, uh, looks like a lot of handheld intercut shots of movement from right to left and up and down to create the spinning. And so enabling him to do that, he then has to create some extra hang time. He builds a little ramp. He gets a little ramp that he can run up off the first landing and dive in the air down the first 25 steps. There is a camera crew at the bottom with a tripod on the first landing. So he dives from the first landing down the 25 to the next landing. And that's where the camera crew is. He's put pads up to uh, protect himself in case he you know, will bounce off the wall and disappear into the camera tripod which is down at the bottom so they do that so that's done and again he's, he's come down 25 steps already no you know back protectors he has to they have to create them and probably reuse them or it or maybe create a new one for each section that he does so he's come out of the window he has then dived from the landing down the first set of steps. The director, William Friedkin, comes up and says, Chuck, go down the lot as far as you can go. I just need to get some shots of the body bouncing from side to side, over and over, so I've got it, and then I can intersperse it with additional shots. That's the instruction. So that's what they do. He's got to now go down an additional 50 steps so there's 50 more and we keep it count 75 altogether right so he goes down there but he's th remembering of course that when he gets to the bottom he has to lie in this bizarre contorted position and he's thinking about it en route he's because you don't just roll down the steps he's having to bounce off the wall flip here flop there crash over there head over heels, feet there, on the arms, roll, bosh, bang, bong. But in his head, he's thinking, I've got to lie on my face. When I hit the floor, I've got to lie on my face. When I come down the last few steps, I've got to be facing forward so that the leg is up there. And then 
they'll activate the blood squibs and bits and pieces. So it's not just a simple case of throwing yourself down the stairs. He's working the whole way down because he has instructions from the director and he has to be in the right place at the right time for the right shot and overall to make everything better. So he does it. So he comes down and he gets to the very bottom and they're done, right? So that's that bit. And then you then have to do the insert cut shots. 25 steps ago. So they do 50 more altogether. So that night, he would have done 125 steps altogether. Um, and it's, you know, it's a remarkable gag. They do the, the, this last section, they've got to do 25 steps in one way, and then they do it again in a slightly different thing. So you don't have to do the entire staircase over and over again. You're just doing one from one landing down to the next landing. But that is a lot of work in one evening. And they filmed it in one evening because that's all the time they had the location for, for that evening. There are stories. People will tell you stories, and it's well documented uh, on the interweb, of um, pieces of rubber being put in between the steps this does happen from time to time and when you look at the footage you see if you slow the footage down there's no give there's a little there's the step and over time people walking up and down the steps steps get worn away and you can see where the steps are worn away and there's a little layer on top of it but it is also worn away so i'm not of the thinking that that there is an additional padding on each step that he falls down i don't believe that's the case at all um one thing i do believe uh, is that it wasn't a closed set particularly but there are a lot of buildings overlooking this and there were a couple of super stories of uh, uh individuals who were selling spots on their roof for that evening to watch chuck go and they, you know, some of the kids made a quite a handy profit uh, on that particular evening by saying, well, you can come up and watch it here, but it's going to cost you this much. So they made a little money out of it, which was nice. And uh, Chuck still gets to talk about it, which is even better. A remarkable stuntman, uh, a man who has worked on some extraordinary pictures. Um, um, Deer Hunter is a good example. It's great helicopter hang in Deer Hunter. In fact, he saved a lot of people's lives in Deer Hunter. Um, when the uh, chopper, the skids of the chopper got trapped underneath a rope bridge. Um, and uh, there's a thing on um, on YouTube of him explaining how he managed to, uh, to talk the pilot out uh, by hanging off the side of the... Um, of the helicopter and moving the rope the part of the bridge off the skid very very uh, clever situation and uh, uh, very very important to have somebody who can keep their cool in a situation like that chuck waters very clearly one of those individuals um and uh, this is one of those gags that just sticks with you if you if you were lucky enough to see it on the big screen um i um I did see it on the big screen. I saw it in 1990. Yes, 1990, because 
I think it was Exorcist 3 was due to come out. The one with George C. Scott, would I be right in saying that? I think that was the plan. Uh, we got to the cinema to discover that it was actually the original that they were showing. So they'd advertised it at Exorcist 3, but it was in fact the original movie, and I got to see it on the big screen. In fact, I remember vividly um, a woman a couple of rows in front. I went with uh, my friend Bob Foster, um, who uh, will back this one up, but there was a woman a couple of rows in front of us, and um, when the whole... um, exorcism thing started she lost it completely and was screaming left right and center had to be removed from the cinema had to had to be let had walked out of the screening i mean she was absolutely beside herself so and that was 1990 now what it was like when it came out in 73 uh, i don't know if you were if you saw it back in 73 then uh, do uh, do leave us some comments and tell us uh, what you thought about it but watching that action sequence that fall on the big screen was very impressive indeed i thought it was very very impressive and chuck waters really doesn't i don't think get the recognition that he deserves so that's why we're covering it uh in this lead up to halloween and uh, if you have enjoyed that uh then do subscribe if you're not doing so already and uh, have a little walk down to the pod dojo network um, they've got uh, lots of great shows on there and they are responsible for this podcast as well so do if you get an opportunity to go and do that and uh, we'll do it all again on friday because on friday will be the youtube show and there will be a little bit more insight into that as well so let's uh, regroup then and uh, until next time it's bye for now <laughs>